Welcome to Sassholes. We are revenue ops with an edge. With decades of making interesting decisions, Jamie, Jason, Marcus, and Pete are dedicated to helping aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no BS approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks 1 and 3, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week 4, all go-to-market team kickoff and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment. Weeks 5 to 7, collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset. Week 8, all go-to-market team presentation and discussion. Winalytics, build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. Ask for Brent and say Big Pete sent you. Jamie Carney, thank you for coming on this asshole's podcast. Hey. It's so good to it's see been, you. It's been again. a couple weeks. Uh, weeks and uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's going on out there? What, what do I hear? Is it uh, are we coming out of this thing? Is it uh, still rough? Or we're waiting for Part B of the layoffs? Uh, 40, 39% of the companies out there still don't have their numbers. Um, I think what's going on out here is even though we want to say we're not in a recession, we've been in a recession for over a year, right? Yeah. I think we're on the um, the final the of the recession, meaning that um, the smaller businesses are going to start recovering here in the next... Uh, the only thing that set us back is now the bank runs that are going on has created more instability in the marketplace. When there's unsure, when, when, when companies and people are unsure of what the outcome or what, what's going to happen next month, um, it's hard to plan and grow for that. And I think this bank run at Silicon Valley bank and lots well, of SAS bank, right? Pretty much. Yeah. That's a VC bank. What I happened for us, for us idiots, what happened? Uh, they were over leveraged on, uh, on um, municipality bonds, muni bonds. And uh, they had a lot of VC money that used to come in. And when you have a lot of money that is being deposited in your bank, um, it covers up uh problems it's the same thing with like sales if you're selling a lot of stuff you might have fundamental issues in your company but as long as you're selling it covers up a lot of the uh warts and problems that you have with svb they were over leveraged on muni bonds and um on top of that um interest rates went up and they had unrealized losses uh that were insurmountable and therefore, uh, does that mean they, bad? Does that mean bad bets? Well, I mean, everyone's valuation went down, right? Over, uh, so it's it's. If you think about it, valuations of companies have gone down and been cut in half since the recession occurred. I don't care if you say there isn't a recession, there is. And interest rates have more than doubled. And, and you know, you listen to the stupid politicians, and they'll say, "Well, our interest, our you know, our our inflation." 
has uh, dropped. No, it hasn't. The growth in inflation has dropped, but inflation has not decreased. You know, instead of it being uh, 7% last year, it's 6%. I mean, it's still, that's 6% on top of 7%. You know, it's it's uh, much more expensive and uh, interest rates are going up. Um, those two coupled with everything means uh, free money isn't out there as much to cover up your warts. And so a bank run started at SVB because some people realized they're over leveraged immunity bonds, uh, coupled with uh, a lot of unrealized gains. And uh, a bank run started, which then allowed them to go upside down in terms of their debt, le uh, debt leverage ratios. And if the FDIC did not step in, it would be chaos. Now, honestly, for my company, I don't know if anything's ever good when a bank run goes on, but a lot of our com competitors were probably leveraged with that bank. We weren't. And uh, it could have been really good for us. And the fact that we could have probably just gone and picked up a lot of the noisy competitors in our space. But FDIC, what a lot of people got to understand is they'll make you whole privately, but to us, what, 250 grand or something. So a lot of people got to get rid of the 250 grand. Oh, they got lot, rid of that? A lot of SVB was not FDIC insured. It was companies. They don't back companies. They stepped in. So what really all, all of us taxpayers are paying two billion bucks or something like that to shore up payroll for all the people that are on SVB while they try to transition out of SVB. It's well, they're begging somebody to buy them. But I mean, on the FDIC side, if you're a private person and you got a million dollars in the bank, you better have four banks, not one bank, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you got yeah. all this re these regional banks. I think the regionals are in trouble uh, as well. And then you got a government that's trying to make a a poster child of somebody. They were going to originally let them go under, right? And then they said, okay, we'll... Well, that was the debate over that weekend, but over the weekend, they stepped in. That's too powerful of a bank. Too big to fail? Not too big to fail, but too politically too big to fail. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll let a regional bank fail because that, uh, like a smaller regional one, you know, let's be honest, if you're a regional in a red state, they're probably going to let you fail more than a regional blue state. Uh, you know, they, they, the, the polit politicians in charge will probably step in and uh, make sure that the blue state regionals are fine, but hang well, what, red state regional. What what caught my attention is the only reason I I paid attention to it is they they were getting a hold of Warren Buffett. Anytime Warren Buffett gets uh, called. It's not good, but he didn't I've give money. Some he just analysis. gave advice. SVB and a couple others. It doesn't seem to be a systematic uh, problem. Uh, most financial institutions are rather conservative with their money, right? So um, when I've seen the, uh, the the leverage ratios and stuff like that of all the banks that are out there, there are a handful that are uh, worrisome, but most are are okay and um what's the late the, the the latest one the bank the, the the big banks are actually stepping in to help protect the regionals 
So they're they're kind of becoming a communal bank per se to help uh, because this isn't good for anybody, right? Like it's like when uh, the Great Recession occurred, you know, you could sell like before Obama put a stop on it. I was making money, so it was a couple guys that I knew were making money on buying um, arbitrage. But we were buying ETFs that were shorting the market, triple shorts, uh, the market. And that was great. But after a certain point, when it just gets to be too bad that it, you, you drop so much, you can't make money off of it. Um, same thing here. Banks go bye-bye. It's not good. Uh, no. And the cost of money goes up. And... That's when you start, uh, remember the old term burn rate? Oh, yeah. All these up-and-comers that, you know, people are flocking to, uh, oh, you know, burn it as much as possible now, save it as much as possible. Is that what happens? Well, I think every company out there that was hiring reps and didn't care about the bottom line, it was growth at all matters because money was free. That's changed over the last year. So the, the banking has nothing to do about changing that. Um, the banking just provides more instability. And, and what we were hoping was over the next six months to be, uh, you know, starting to recover from a uh, recession. I don't care if you don't call it a recession. It has been. Um, and, you know, um, now... I mean, is there another year left before the instability is gone? I don't know. So that that's sort of the the stress in the marketplace right now for SaaS companies and anyone else out there. That's the stress because yeah. if you, if you wake up right now, you're hearing all the big companies for the last two months have been laying people off the sales forces. Uh, um, that's going to continue on for the next three months. The big guys are feeling the pain of what the tech. And the startups and the smaller companies were feeling last year. Once that gets, you know, flushed out, the small companies will start recovering while the big companies are licking their wounds. And then the big companies start recovering. That's typically what happens in a recession. Well, uh, I think we have this recession. You got these people that have been lopped off these companies that still haven't given out their quotas yet. I mean, we're going to be in, we're still in the, what do we got? Nine days, 10 days till for a second quarter to get a number. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. And now you got this chat GPT. I don't know if it's a fad or what, but to me, from what I've seen is, this is something that's going to cut away a middle level of people at every company that these assistant marketing people. Uh, marketing is going to get crushed. Mar you real uh, finance, mid-level finance, uh, any mid-level. I don't see mid-level finance getting crushed by this. Because once they start. Here's the thing about chat. I think chat GPT goes to whatever month in 2021 for data. So if you want anything, anything current, um, unless you have it, your API, the API is hooked up where it's feeding into your current stuff. 
I mean, it's all about training, right? No one, it's no a- one in their right mind is going to allow Chat GB, Chat GBT access to their financials. They're just not. It's too secured. So no they one will. Their- uh, will they allow. will never say never. They will if I believe Stanford. I don't know if it was Stanford. I think they built their own version because it's all open source, so you can take yeah. it and re- re-engineer it and do it yourself. Um, it's just a really hyped up chatbot. It's something that we've been talking about forever. Yes. That that uh, give me a marketing plan with this criteria, and boom, there it is. And you know what? It's eighty percent right. So there'll be jobs for people that'll figure out the other twenty percent. Yeah, and that's why I say marketing, um, drip campaigns. Admin, uh, administrative jobs that people are sort of helping. Revenue operations. It's the the ones where it's it's not clear what to do. You can't use chat, chat GBT. But hey, tell me how I should communicate with this company and <clears throat> people. Well, are... it puts it. I think it puts the onus on the leaders of a company that have skirted by with subjective answers and they have to be objective. What are you looking for? What criteria are you looking for, for success? Yeah. And, and you just can't, well, we'll see as it goes. Well, no, if the environment turns into this, how will you react? You have to answer that question to get an answer. And I think it forces businesses to critically think. And I, I think you got well, a C you, level. You, yeah. you and I played around, and you did a lot more than I did. We played around with those chatbots, right? Built, what built drove, our own. Built our own. What drove those chatbots to become more and more successful? Well, my thought was that you could increase the span of control of one manager to reps from eight to ten to one to double if you can eliminate recurring behaviors recurring but, but, it, but re- low value questions but low value questions repeatable questions which right. means you have to have the data to respond to all those questions and when you respond to those questions the chat bot becomes smarter and smarter right so the and, underlying concept of chat gbt is data right if you have right, right. but you have to yeah that you can feed the chat gbt the chat gbt becomes smarter and smarter now if i'm thinking about uh terminator the movie we got to take out chat gbt but um if i'm thinking about it from a business standpoint and not thinking it's going to be apocalyptic uh any companies out there that have data or are processing companies data in a way that can be consumed by something like chat gbt are it's like indeed gold standard Anyone who's, um, do you know, just not dealing with data, but providing a service, those are the companies that are going to struggle because they need the data. And, and anyone who's been claiming their data, you know, driven company, and they're really an anecdotal driven, data driven company, yeah. you better get, get in line. You know, like I've experienced data driven leaders that say, you know, eighty percent of a cust uh, of my, our client base wants this, and they talked to five out of the hundred thousand customers, and four of them wanted it. That's not data driven. That's anecdotal data driven. You better become data driven, or you're going to just get 
beat. Now, where is Chet GBT going to come up short? I personally believe there's no way a company is going to let any type of bot get involved with their financials because there's going to be security, infosec, all of that type of stuff that's going to play into it. Um, and this, but it's open source, GB- dude. Make you can make your own. You can cap it, build it yourself, and the security's all yours. Big difference is it's open source cloud software. It's not open source on-prem software. And what I mean by that is you can't cap it. You can't cap the the software. That's the that's the key here. You can't cap. You can't control the software that is building all of that in its own desktop or multiple desktops that's just sitting. Look, look up a PACA GPT. And APACA, why is it this one? But I think that I think that's gonna be a you know, and there, and then you also gotta remember when you're dealing with your uh your own data, right? A pack of GBT, when you're dealing with your own data, um even if you have the most secured solution out there, the lawyers, the lawyers involved in the situation have their own opinion on what they want and what they don't want. Here, I texted you a link. I got it. I'm looking at it. But um, lawyers are going to have their own thoughts on this. And when it comes to certain points in data, Lawyers will just say that our opinion is we don't want something in here touching this part of the data. I heard you do last four times, Carney, but this thing. Research researchers had fine tuned Meta's Llama uh, large language model, OpenAI ChatGPT, for six hundred dollars. Yeah, so. You can put your. We need a IT guy on to uh, check uh, to fact check us, but you can build. You can take that thing, make it your own, and then put all the securities in. And then the finance that could be the last thing that you work on. But you know this mid level marketing stuff that, uh, you know, can. Uh, you need these people in busy times. You don't need them in busy times. So you never have to hire them in the first place, right? So, you, you know, you, you have this out there. So we're, what's the next job? I think the next job is refining things. Any Anything that you outsourced, right? Anything that you outsourced as a uh, company, if you outsourced BDRs and SDRs that are just sending out e- re- renewal teams, that are yeah. mainly communicating via email, you can probably save more money by moving the mundane to ChatGBT. Anything so that you want to remove the mundane and move it to ChatGBT. So BDRs move back to marketing then. Yeah, I mean, I they they go back and forth all the time depending on what you're talking about. But yes, I'm just I, saying this in this case in a RevOps situation. Whose, whose budget is it going to go under? So you cut it, 
And I don't know if it goes into a consultant or a refining specialist, whatever the hell is, you know. Um, do you even need a data scientist anymore? Um, I, I, you don't need a data scientist. I, I never think you do. You need data architects. Why? Well, because the data architects out there are the ones that are cleansing and uh, and making sure that the data is correct. So like at a former company, I won't name the name, yeah, we had a uh, we had a, a substantial. You know, I I ran the queues for most of the people that were in BI business intelligence. Yeah. Let's be real. I always said we should call them DI data intelligence. They didn't understand what the business needs were. They understood how to prop up the data and get it so that it's in a it's in a position so that it can be consumed by. The, uh, the 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 business intelligence or the analytics teams, right? The data intelligence is what we need. We're probably not going to need as much business intelligence, but it's going to take time. Tomorrow, ChatGBT is not going to be replacing the business intelligence, the underlining analytics layer. But you know, two three years from now, ChatGBT could if you install it today, because it'll take time for it to become smart. And then what you need is probably someone to oversee the outputs that are performed by the chat GBT analytics and um, vote on if it's good or bad, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Add votes, but not. Um, but eventually conceptually, it should be just the sea levels because this this thing will write code. Yes, I know you know it. It can write eighty percent of the code, so all those little guys that are getting paid per lines of code, or at least they used to, yeah. that you're farming it out. So there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to have to figure out what to do next. I think. Do you disagree with me, Carney? Um, no, I don't disagree with you. I, I just I think you know. Um... A lot of the big companies that, you know, let's be honest, like if you're a coder at Walmart, you can't be on the cusp of innovation. Those coders can probably be replaced by chat GBT. The innovation coders, which is where the money is anyways, I don't think- Hold on, hold on. When you say innovation coders, to me, what I'm hearing is- you're taking a long stream of stuff and figuring out ways to condense it into less stuff to make the same output happen, correct? Yeah, or you're coming up with brand new stuff. Like the inventors. Or part pardon the pun. <laughs> and or. And, and or. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think data, if you're like, I'm gonna go back. If you're a data company, you're good. If you're not a data company, you better start pivoting now because in two or three years you're out of work right so like uh the people that help you write drip campaigns or anyone that's writing a drip campaign for for the reps to use gone Might well carney we, we marcus and i did a show last week and we did the whole show on chat gpt on uh people.ai 
right. Yeah, we did. Marketing the whole nine yards. You may want to check it out. I'm dead serious. When did you load? You haven't put it up out yet. It's totally up. Um, I hope I'm not going to be in trouble for what you guys did. Obviously not, since it was a week ago. <clears throat> but we said, hey, what are People AI's competitors? And then what would be the email that I would want to use to get a 10% lift based on efficiency, this and that? Oh, yeah, it's all there. I'm your marketing guy. Already, It's already done. So I think there's going to be a lot of smart people out there. It's sort of like you're taking the ACT and the SAT and you got chat GPT and you're getting all the answers done. There's going to be a lot of smart people for the next six to nine months. And then eventually everybody's going to figure it out. And then we're going to see who's swimming. Uh, when the tide goes out, who's wearing the trunks. Do you think it's bad? Like I remember just in sales. No, no. I think this, this is a revolution that will be in a different way. Internet connected everybody. This thing is making everybody more efficient. Yeah. Like I, like I always the industrial said, re revolution. This is the uh, data revolution. Even just in a micro economy of a of one company, you have e-commerce should be trying to push as uh, the small business unit upstream because it, the small business unit should be sales team should be pushing to move the marketing upstream. Uh, the middle market uh, guys, the middle market guys should be trying to get the enterprise guys upstream and, and work them out of business. The same thing happens here. Chat GBT is sort of starting on the lower ends. It's going to push everyone to a, to a higher uh, productivity. Right. And so efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. More efficient across the board and it'll end up being better for everyone, except for those that don't uh, adapt to it. Right. Well, it's like a triangle that if you're pushing everybody up, the triangle is wide at the base and you're pushing it up and the base is going to get smaller and smaller because people are working on higher value tasks. Yeah. So, And you need fewer and fewer people. So the people that are not figuring this out, there are people that say, well, you know what, it it's only good till 2021. I'll wait till it comes out. Those are the ones they're going to get cut that aren't using this thing like right. If you're in sales right now, and you're not using this to figure out why you should be calling somebody on the phone, which we did last week, Carney, you're going to be cut. Uh, agreed. And all everyone's using it right now and sort of playing around with it and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right. So I agree with you 100% there. Um, but even, even like graphic artists, if you're a graphic artist and you're using the uh, the image function, I haven't done that yet. G give me a picture of Jamie Carney with uh, two horns out of his head. Boom. Two seconds. Done. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when it becomes, you either got to be uber creative or you're just going to have to figure out how to, you know, don't be okay with pushing paper right if you're caught in a process oriented job you better start figuring out how to get out of that you want people to want you to uh want want to hear your brain because your brain is able to think creatively chat gbt isn't chat gbt is the fact uh is going to spew facts as best as possible spew facts out there whereas 
people are going to want to hire people for their brain and for their thoughts. I mean, consult if you're a consultant out there, this wipes out a lot of the consultants, at least on the simple stuff. Just for the structure part of things. So, Carney, what is RevOps going to look like? We just got all these fancy titles. Are they all going away now? Um, no, I mean, I think RevOps is RevOps has morphed into more than just it's not sales ops, it's RevOps for a reason. So RevOps is going to be in charge of how do we roll out um chat GBT? How do we push chat GBT? Um yeah, but sales enablement and all that other stuff, the training and build me a six-week training for my blank. Bloop, 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 bloop. Done. Yeah, agreed. But RevOps, what is um, – um, sorry, I'm getting blown up at one Um RevOps is there to try to figure out what is broken in your current situation and how do you fix it? What is broken in terms of um, what is broken in terms of uh, yeah, what, what is broken in terms of acquiring customers? What is broken in terms of your marketing? What is broken in terms of how you interact with your customers? Where are all the inefficiencies that are out there? And that's literally where RevOps will probably use ChatGBT for a lot of this. Because the RevOps person is, is, is really in charge of finding inefficiencies in the revenue organization and trying to figure out ways to become much more efficient in your interactions with, with clients, right? And, and, and customers. So if anyone is a fan of ChatGBT, it's RevOps. More so than anyone else in their organization, probably, because they're the ones that are going to be saying to marketing, I don't need these five marketing people that are doing copyright. I can use ChatGBT. Hey, sales reps, I don't need you to try to figure out how to write an email to an executive. Use ChatGBT. Hey, and, and therefore now I'm expecting you to be sending out more emails to the right people at the right times. Hey, customer success or renewal reps or account managers, this is how I'm expecting you to interact with your reps. By the way, I'm now moving a bunch of this these check-ins um, to one person can handle now 20 accounts as opposed to one person can handle five accounts because a lot of the weekly check-ins are gonna be run through ChatGBT and I only need an auditor to check to make sure that the ChatGBT language is uh, appropriate and the message is appropriate, right? So the RevOps person is gonna be more and more, uh, more and more versatile and more and more uh, rewarded with ChatGBT. I think Salesforce, I think HubSpot, Microsoft is, getting down and dirty with uh, chat gpt there they bought, i believe they what they bought chat gpt yes well I, that sounds like it's hot and heavy and i thought it was open but um so if you have they have excel they have linkedin and you have this open source what do you need the other stuff for 
create me because uh, <clears throat> you're trying to organize your contacts, right? That's what Salesforce is for, right? In your schedule. Yeah. And pr make predictions, which are always wrong. Why would you need Salesforce anymore? Well, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a huge undertaking because Salesforce for all its limitations has become in bed with every aspect in your go-to-market strategy and with bolt-ons and things of that nature. Salesforce powers a lot of the licensing um, product, uh, you know, quote to cash. Yeah. All of your stuff is, is powered through Salesforce. To remove Salesforce from a huge company is a five-year project. To remove Salesforce from a small company is could be a, a six-month project, but it is so disruptive. Well, and it's is the risk really worth the reward? Instead, what about I would say you use Chat GBT to make the backbone infrastructure of Salesforce work better, which is always why the, all these bolt-ons are there. So a lot of the bolt-ons of that are on Salesforce could go away with ChatGPT. Not People AI, because People AI is a data company. I know it's a little bit apples and oranges here, but DocuSign fell apart. Same thing. You had other people doing the same thing, and they people found, you know what? I can find I can find this somewhere else for free or cheaper. Yeah. That's why people went to HubSpot, right? Because it was cheaper, easier to use. So it's that's cheap. all my points. Yeah. I mean, outreach. People are going away from outreach because it's been around for 10 years and people can find that um, somewhere else. There's nothing unique about what outreach does. It's a cadence sequencing tool. Uh, Clary is a forecast reporting tool. I can God, Clary. <laughs> Sorry. But those, are, I... those are the companies that are going to be suffering from this because yeah, they don't yeah, yeah. great with the data. They they just present the data in a different way. By Honestly, the way, when you when your mic is like that, that's really good, Carney. Just so you know, is it? Yeah. Um. Oh, even better. Tableau is probably going to suffer. Domo is going to suffer because Domo already got to. Because those guys are visualization software, right? They're visualizing data. And then the analytics team is is taking that visualization and analyzing off of it. You know, dashboards are a four-letter word in uh, any world out there. Um, yeah. But the more you can uh, have something else consume the data and provide a analysis and a visualization without you lifting a finger, the better. So those companies are going to be suffering. Uh, it's the companies that are harnessing data that are going to um, thrive, eventually thrive from this. If the politicians could just get out of the way. Well, we have to wait till the next election cycle. Yeah. Carney, what else you got for us? You think that's enough load we dumped on people this week? Yeah, I didn't know you guys went through People AI last week. I just saw it. When did you push it live? Last week. Like, you better watch it. What did you guys say? Anything good or bad? I thought it was very good. It's whatever yep. Chad GPT said, and it was very close. What did it say? I'm, I'm really curious. I'm going to watch what, it. 
watch the show and then call me back. Bye. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in a new buyer environment. Weeks one and three, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week four, all go-to-market team kick off and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment weeks five to seven collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset week eight all go-to-market team presentation and discussion winalytics build the revenue organization you want request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com ask for brett and say big pete sent you